welcome to the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast, where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back. If you're with me every week, I love getting to talk to you. I love getting to hear from you, too. So I love getting your questions. I always do Q&A episodes. So hit me with a question or comment on a, on an episode anytime over on Instagram, Fit Mom Life to the Fullest, or email Fit Mom Life to the Fullest at Gmail, and and or more recently in the Facebook group that I made, if you want to come hang out in there, it's just the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest Fitness and Nutrition group. <laughs> what is the other? Fitness and Nutrition, I think group. I think it ends with group. It's on Facebook. You can search that and I'll let you in. I would love for you to come over there. Um, anyways, my name is Brittany and if it's your first time, welcome. You can go back and listen to some intros or check out the website itself at momlifetothefullest.com if you want to know more. But essentially, I like hearing from you was the point to all that. And I appreciate your feedback so much. And it kind of ties in with what we are talking about today because we are talking about how to make sure you are maintaining or progressing your health and fitness at every stage, season of life, etc. I have a lot of you who I have heard from that really hate the phrase season of life, and I get it. You're already rolling your eyes at me. There's just sometimes no better way to say it, because what I mean is the different times in your life. So there we go, stages, however you want to think about it. But, all right, so this is kind of what I'm getting at is when we, when Ben and I, my husband and I were dating we met at a gym so we clearly like working out physical fitness was part of our early on dating experience and all that stuff so already when we were just dating before we were even engaged or married or anything it was oh wait till you guys have kids you're not going to be doing that race and well you only look like that now because you have all this time to be at the gym and all these things like that's just what i would we would already hear just right from the get-go um and then Fast forward to when, you know, we were married and the first time that I was pregnant with our first son, Joshua, and people just love to say like, oh, well, kiss those long hours at the gym goodbye or, you know, well, now you're now this body is, you know, it's done and whatever. And then, all right, I had Josh, my body, quote unquote, bounced back, apparently up to people's standards because that was whatever. And then it's second baby or second pregnancy. Oh, well, now with two, I mean, and I would hear from people who personally, first of all, I didn't even ask like, hi, what was your experience with two? But it was like, well, I was really fit like you are when I had one. But then with two, like I, that's when it all went crazy because now their naps don't line up. And now it's just like what you were doing before will not work. And that's just, you know, then you just become a mom and you just give up the fitness because now you can no longer do it. You have no time for yourself. And this is just life. So I think probably most of you are sitting there like, You've probably heard at least something similar to that, maybe not with fitness, but with other things in life. And basically the big takeaway that I'm going to drop right here at the beginning of the episode and that I want you to think about, I'm not going to sit here and lay out exact tips that would work for everybody in everybody's exact situation because that's just not how that works. That's why it's same thing with tracking macros. You know, I don't hand a client or anybody in group challenge or anything a handout and say, eat only this for six weeks or eat only this for eight weeks. No, because it's not going to fit everybody's life, social calendar, timing, et cetera, preferences, anything. So same thing with this. You can't just say, okay, well, if you have one baby, work out during these times, and this will work, and this will work perfectly for you. 
because every baby's different. Every person's different. You might be working part-time. You might be working full-time. You might be working, you know, from home, like all these different things. So I think it's better to maybe throw out some ideas and see what sticks. But overall, the big takeaway and overarching message that I want to convey to you and why I, what I think has helped me so much is looking to people who have what I want. That's really the takeaway. And block out everything else. Stop listening to everybody else. Because everybody has, especially when you have kids for the first time, everybody has an opinion about everything. And everybody wants to share their opinion about everything. And I get it. I I know I'm not trying to say that I never do that because I think it's just human nature. And I don't think it comes from a bad place at all. But I think it's just human nature when somebody shares something like, oh, I'm pregnant. And you just, now you have that commonality. And I think it makes people want to share everything about their experience or like warn you or help you. I think it's obviously coming from a place of wanting to help the person. However, there's a lot wrapped up in that too that can that the person doesn't even know or might, you know, realize that I think a lot of times when people express their opinions on it, it's a reflection of what they did and then kind of justifying it or making excuses for it. So you know, it's like if you want to indulge in a brownie at girls' night or whatever, and you're like, oh, here, have a brownie with me, or oh, come on, order wine with me. Like, you always want a buddy <laughs> doing your dirty deeds with you. No, obviously, I don't think either of those are dirty deeds. But you know what I mean? You need somebody, like, doing it with you. So I think it's the same thing here where people love to say, oh, well, not now. Oh, well, wait till two. Oh, well, wait till three. And that's what I think has been kind of fun and not in, like, a, oh, stick it to them kind of way. But I've gotten a ton of that. Like I said, I, I, we already got that when we were dating. And then with every baby, with every pregnancy, it's been like, well, it's because you only have two, Brittany. That's why you're maintaining your health and fitness is because you only have two. And or like, well, because you, I used to get that one all the time. And I've said that on the podcast before. Like, well, it's because you work at a gym. Okay, I used to work physically at a big commercial gym. And yes, I could sometimes work out. Okay, that's not my experience anymore. I don't work at a big commercial gym. I don't have anywhere with childcare. I work out at home. So, it's, or then it's well, well, you get paid to work out. I don't. There's literally no situation right now where I get paid to work out. So anything that I'm doing for my business, for my clients, for all of this, it's in addition to right. I'm not personally getting my workout done. There's okay. I'll throw like one caveat in here if I'm recording a video for a client or for a group challenge that that might count as my workout for the day as well. That's like maybe once a month or something like that, where in general, no, I'm responsible for getting my own workouts done. I'm responsible for making my own food, for prepping my own food, um, all that stuff. So what do I personally do? Do I, I did not listen to the people who did not have what I want. And this is going to probably sound rude and harsh when we talk about it just in like the, the physical way. And I don't mean that. So I'm going to draw from another analogy or something here say somebody who because this is another one I think people throw out a lot of advice on at least maybe to younger married couples of like financial advice and you have people broke as a joke telling you what to do with your bunny it's like okay thank you however I know personally this this and this you are doing I would not even agree with or do now so why would I take advice from you why would I take advice from somebody who's you know not in a good financial spot telling me what to do with my money I'm going to look to the person who is in what I consider a good financial spot. And so here's the thing. When you're looking at the people that you want to emulate, because I don't think this is a bad thing. I think we say so much, oh, don't compare, the comparison trap. I'm not saying to, to look at somebody and say, I wish I had her body or 
what we also love to do when we're comparing, and this is kind of what I'm talking about. Well, of course, I'd have her body too if I worked out for a living or had one kid or had two kids or whatever, fill in the blank. I think that is, you know, not productive, definitely sinful, all that stuff. But I don't think that it is harmful and I think it's very beneficial to look to a peer or somebody a couple steps ahead of you and be able to look at something and admire it and then try to extract it. Like, okay, well, how do I get that? And so considering the person that you're thinking about talking about, it has to be somebody whose values line up with yours, right? I'm not going to take financial advice from somebody who I know prioritizes work over family, over God, over everything else and money, like is their false idol. So I'm not going to turn to them for that. Same thing with workout and fitness kind of information or things. I, if I have a mom of four, because she's a couple steps ahead of me, right? (laughs) Um, Telling me, oh, you can never do it. I just threw in the towel after my first baby. It was impossible to keep up with it, blah, blah, blah. It's just the baby weight keeps coming back on. It's so annoying to keep getting off, so I just, like, threw in the towel. And I look at her life, and I don't want what she has. Maybe already just hearing that, she's probably not very happy with her body right now. Her attitude is that she just threw in the towel kind of thing, or if I'm watching her with her kids and she seems tired. And again, like obviously she's probably a little bit older than me, a couple more kids down the road, but whatever. You know, if I don't want the life that she's currently portraying, then why would I take advice from her? Why would I listen to that and heed that? I think that's also a big difference with our culture right now. I I don't maybe feel the need to (laughs) argue with her, but I'm just going to kind of file that away as like, yep, not listening to you. I'm going to look at them because there's somebody out there doing what you want to do. So maybe it's just a matter of finding them and finding out how they did it. But somewhere there's a mom of four who is still very busy, who has a very full life, but who has similar goals and priorities that I do that still would rank, you know, God and her family and these things before her, you know, ultimate physical fitness, but is still doing it, is still somehow getting in a 20 minutes a day or is still somehow eating well, somebody's doing it. Those are the people we need to listen to. That's how we can figure out how to do this at every age and stage. Like pull the people around you, see what you're doing, what they're doing. Notice what they are doing. I have thought this, um, I don't know if this person listens to the podcast, so she might because I've told her before, but she is uh, a little down the road for me in the parenting game and mother game, a lot down the road. She's got kids in high school. But I have looked at this family and been like, man, and she has two boys, two boys, I believe, five kids, two two boys. Yes, final answer, five kids and two are boys. So it's a person I'm looking, I'm looking at their family because they have boys that are down the road for me. One of the boys was in high school, one's in middle school. And I'm just kind of observing this family over the time that I've known them and thinking like, wow, like her kids those boys are like the boys I want to raise. (laughs) They are chivalrous and kind and well-mannered, but they are boys and they are still like, you know, they're still playing when, as I was seeing them in the light of playing sports, they're still aggressive. They're still all these things that are not, I'm not trying to, you know, raise these like super meek and whatever boys. So anyways, It was everything that I would want, like where they can be out there sweating and panting and playing a game to their fullest, whatever. But if somebody falls down, they're the first one to stop, pick them up. At the end of the game, they're the first one to go over and say, hi, Mrs. Pearson, how are you? Like that is what I want to raise, right? (laughs) So 
I grew up with sisters. I have three sisters. So I have not experienced. I get a really nice peek into my sister's parenting and their families because I do have sisters that have boys that are a couple steps ahead of my boys as well. So I actually am blessed with a lot of good examples of this. But particularly because, again, these kids were just a little bit older, thinking like, all right, that's like the end game. That's where I want them to, you know, end up kind of thing. And and I've said that before. I want to raise good adults, not good kids. Um, so even looking further at that, I've even looked at families who have like college-age boys who I would love if my kids turned out like. And I just kind of step back and I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing that I – should be implementing now to get that result. It's like reverse engineering it, right? You're looking at the end goal and then backstepping it. So I think that's helpful in your health and fitness to, it might not be helpful. I do share some tips of like, well, this is how I get my workouts in or this is how this, but it doesn't directly apply to every single person. So, and I remember talking to that mom and being like, what do you do? Like, what, how did you discipline? Did you let them wrestle with each other? Did you not? Because like there's things in the boy realm. I just don't know. I don't know what's normal. I'll text my sisters back. Is it normal? Like, do you teach your son to pee sitting down or standing up? Like, I did not know. Okay. So I understand for some of you that is still, most of you, I think who listen to this are pretty well versed in working out fitness, but it becomes a whole new ball game. It really, really does when each stage changes, because even I think about, Like I would read mommy blogs and look at advice for, you know, working out with your first baby. And yeah, that is totally different. Everything I did with Joshua does not apply now. So let's say you are there. If this is your first baby or you're pregnant with your first baby, congratulations. It's a wonderful, super exciting time. And it's a beautiful time because you are not going to get that much time with one baby back. And again, people love to tell you that like, wow, but just enjoy it. Like enjoy it for what it is. When we had one baby, we took him everywhere. We did everything. And did a lot of stuff that we could not get away with with multiple kids. So in that season of one baby, do what works. And you can probably kind of wing it, but like it might look different every day for you because you're only going around one baby schedule. If you are staying home most of the time or full time or whatever, you know, working out when the baby naps, that kind of stuff probably will work. Going for walks in the stroller, that's that's the kind of stuff. I also had, again, time of year might matter. I had a baby in May. So he, we, I threw that kid in the stroller and we walked everywhere. We walked for miles every day because I was just so excited to not be, first of all, like, and it was my first time not in a, you know, seven to three kind of job of like set hours every day where it's like, wow, we have so much freedom. Like, let's go, Josh. We're taking on the world. And that was fun and that was beautiful and it worked for us. I did just do that. I worked out when he slept sometimes. He was a terrible, like he did not sleep in, so I could never get morning workouts in. I had to do like nap time kind of workouts and then walking in the stroller and that kind of stuff. So super fun. That worked for one baby. That does not work for me right now with two. So however, my second child is a wonderful sleeper in in the morning, so I can get up and get my workout done. And that's pretty much my best bet because while luckily my older one does still nap right now. Sometimes their naps don't line up and, you know, whatever, all that jazz. So I'd rather just get it going first thing in the morning than see if I can get it in later. So that's working for me right now with two. I'm not sure what it's going to look like, again, with three and four. And I think it depends on the kid and it depends on the stage. I have shared some tips about working out with kids. I like to make it kind of a special time if they are going to work out with us. So we work out with our kids pretty much every weekend Um, because that's kind of the exception. Ben and I try to stay up later and hang out on the weekends and then sleep in later so I'm not getting up super early to do my workout. 
And so usually we will do it together in the morning, like around, you know, eight or nine with the boys. And we just have special toys that they can use when we are working out. So we work out in our basement. So it's, we just call them basement toys. Josh says, can we go play with basement toys? Um, sometimes it inspires me to actually work out because he'll be like, if I've already done something in the morning, but he'll ask to play with basement toys. I'm like, all right, well, I'll walk on the treadmill then because you want to go in the basement. Um, but we have special toys for when they're working out. We do use screen time sometimes when they are, when we're trying to work out. For Josh right now, even he's three and a half and we'll still like, we have this high chair in the basement. I, this is just because it's been his habit. And he'll ask to be buckled in the high chair sometimes when he's watching his show. And we're like, alrighty. So we just kind of put snacks on the tray, put a show on, call it a day. Sometimes I'll put on a sign language learning DVD. So I feel a little bit better and call it educational. But it's never, I mean, he's not in there for three hours. Our maximum is pretty much around a half hour. So if he's in there the whole time. But again, it usually evolves to him also kind of working out with us as he gets older. But depends on the ages of your kids. I also intend, because I think that teaching them physical fitness is such a big component of their upbringing, their life, I intend when they are older to include them more in my workouts where it is just exercise time. You know, especially we're in upstate New York. We have really long and intense winters. So they cannot be, you know, while I would like them to just get everything from sports, you know, maybe earlier on, I think that the extra movement is just always going to benefit them. So even from, you know, I don't know, I haven't ironed this out in my head, but maybe third grade on, we'll start doing a more regimented, like one, it's, it's everybody's exercise time. And these are the different things we do. We'll do the trampoline and we'll do bands and that kind of stuff, um, like circuit style or whatever, so that they just get in the habit of that that's part of their day. And mo- movement's always going to be good for them, especially getting out energy and stuff like that to focus, um, little movement breaks. So I'm not sure what the other stages and seasons are going to look like. And I think it depends what your home life looks like. But the biggest thing that I want you to take away from this is to stop listening to people who don't have what you want. It's easy for them. It's like tempting for us to then also hear somebody's situation who's like, yeah, Brittany, like past two kids, I just, you know, stopped working out because I run around enough with them and it's just fine. That that like almost gives me the license to be like, oh, see, well, you know, Becky doesn't work out anymore. I'm just pulling names here. So it's fine for me not to. It gives us that pass. But think about it because who is benefiting from you taking that pass? You're not. You see how their life is going and you don't like it. There's something that you're like, I don't want to have that. Right? And that goes all of the ways because I've also seen people who have two kids like me and or have three kids, say like, again, one ahead, that are very fit. And I still don't want their life because I know that after they work all day, they go to the gym for an hour every night and they see their kids for 20 minutes. And that's not a life I want either. So look at the people whose, again, values and priorities are similar to yours and how they're doing it. Ask them about it. People love that's so flattering to say like, okay, how, you know, what do you do for this? Or how do you make this work, et cetera? Like, I know your weekends are really busy. How do you make, you know, making sure you guys have healthy food prep for the lunches? Like, what are some go-to lunches you do for your kids? Those kinds of things. Like, just ask people. They love it. But don't take the free pass from the person who you don't want to end up like. It's so tempting. It's so easy to be like, in anything. It's, you know, when you hear about it, I just talked about screen time, but I remember hearing that when, 
you know, whatever. Everybody's rules on this are different, so I'm not trying to start an uproar. But I've heard, I had heard somebody before who let their kid watch like a full, they watched like a full at least movie a day. Or like, oh yeah, he watches that movie twice a day. I'm thinking like, geez, that movie's like an hour and 20 minutes. That kid watches it twice a day and it's like a young kid. And for one hot second, it was like, oh, see, that's fine if I let him watch a little more TV. Like it immediately gave me that sense of it was like my shoulders like went down I felt like righteous and that like oh see I can do that that's fine other people are doing that okay but do you want the outcome that other person has from their kid having so much screen time probably not because we all know what comes with that it's you know there's more temper tantrums and all that jazz when they get more screen time so do I want everything else that comes with it no so look to people who have done it people have done it People have done things that are harder than you. I used to tell myself this is like probably a little bit warped, but I used to, when I'd get freaked out about things, like literally going back, I can remember thinking about this, taking the SAT or doing my first Spartan race or whatever. But back to the SAT, I was so freaked out about taking this test. Now, mind you, I'd also been homeschooled all the way up and through, so I really did not have much experience with standardized tests. And we did have to take one a year, and I always really passed it with flying colors, but I was really freaked out about the SAT, and I did just fine, <laughs> rest assured. And I took it the, you know, obligatory. I also took it a year early because I was like excited about it. So that's probably more telling of my personality, but <laughs> which is bizarre. I took it again as a junior then because you're supposed to take it like junior year. And I think some people take it senior year then if they want a better score. But I took it sophomore year and then I took it again junior year and I got a better score sophomore year. But apparently the brain cells just stopped. But anyway, the point of that being when I went to take the test, I was like, okay, someone that is not as smart as you, Brittany, has taken this test and has done fine. And when I was taking, which sounds like an arrogant way to think about it, but it's just like assuring yourself that somebody else has done this before who maybe did not have all the gifts and talents you do. And same thing with the Spartan race. There are hundreds of thousands of people who do Spartan races. And going into my first, I'm like, okay, Brittany, somebody less fit than you has done this race before. Like you're going to get tired. The hills are going to be steep. The obstacle is going to be hard. But somebody out there has done this before who was not in as prime position as you are right now there's a heck of a lot of people more fit <laughs> but so, you know somebody not as fit as you has done this before so think about that like yeah there's a lot of moms who like to play the murder card and end up with 15 year olds that they're saying that they haven't lost the baby weight from because oh my baby's 15 because we had, you know, so many sports and activities and I just gave my life to my children and now my attitude reflects it. And yeah, so there's that. Or there's the person that had five, six, eight kids who's running around being an active grandma and is like, yeah, let's do this. It's just, I just, you know, I stayed active and I ate well and I did it. Like, and obviously those people are usually not going around boasting about it or waving a flag about it but you'll know who they are like look at people who you want to end up like who you want your kids to end up like do what they do somebody's doing it it might be hard it's probably the harder way it is right now with two kids full-time husband works crazy hours running the business all the stuff all the stuff everybody has all the time and I could look at other people who are doing similar things 
who are like, yeah, I cannot wake up in the morning to work out. I need all that extra sleep and I'm going to sleep in. And I could say, you know what? This is a season of life. I just need more sleep and just stop working out for now. Or I can look at the person who is doing just as much, if not more than me, and is still somehow squeezing in a little 20 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be crazy. But if it's in your priorities, think about how... Think about how you want to be five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. That's what keeps me motivated and going and keeps me listening to the people who I know have done it before. I look at what their life is like a little bit down the road. I'm like, yes, that. I want that one. I don't want to be the one saying, oh, that worked for me when I had one kid. Must be nice. But that was seven jean sizes ago. Like, yes, life changes. Priorities change. And that's true, too. I mean, I'll, I'll throw that in there. It used to be a big priority to me to be a certain body fat all the time. It's not as much anymore. It's not. I like to be in a specific range, but I don't need to be my pre-wedding body fat because to me, I would rather, again, I prioritize that. I prioritize things like spending extra time with my kids than longer workouts or two-a-days or things that I might have done at the time to maintain that body fat. So it's give and take. But look at the people who have what you want and go do it because somebody is doing it. That's the takeaway. All right. I could talk about that for another like two hours, which is just, you know, come in the Facebook group if you want to talk about it. (laughs) But I appreciate you being here as always. Thank you. I hope you're having a good start to the holiday season and all of that and staying safe and healthy in all of these cold seasons and all that stuff that we are entering. So Do the hard stuff. Look at the person who's doing it and do the hard stuff. All right. I hope you have a great week. I will talk to you next time.